Google Health seeks to do for medical patients what it does for general search. What does Google Health offer patients now, and what does it seek to provide in the future? You're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I'm speaking with product manager of Google Health, Dr. Ronnie Zeiger, a graduate of Stanford School of Medicine, a medical informatics researcher, and a primary care doctor who still sees patients some evenings and weekends at a nearby clinic. Dr. Zeiger, thank you very much for speaking to us on ReachMD. It's my pleasure to be with you. So Google Health was launched in May of 2008. What brought you to Google, and what was the inspiration behind this product? Well, during my medical training, both medical school and residency, I've always noticed that computers and information technology in general can really enhance the way that we learn about medicine and even practice medicine in real time. And I've always been involved in projects uh, alongside my medical training, from medical publishing to building decision support systems. And I decided after practicing for about a year and a half full time to go back to school to learn more about this area formally and, and got a master's degree in medical informatics. And during that training, I realized that the biggest contribution I could possibly make was to bring some of this kind of thinking and application of technology into healthcare to the consumer space. And I uh, got in touch with Google and helped build uh, what you're seeing as Google Health today. So tell us about Google Health, what it has to offer, and what the reaction's been so far. I've been quite pleased with the reaction. Google Health really is a place for you, the patient, the consumer, to securely store your health information and, and control it and try to, frankly, be healthier as a result of having done that. You can enter information yourself, such as your conditions or medications. You can import information from providers that have integrated with Google Health, such as Walgreens Pharmacy, Long's Drugs, the Cleveland Clinic, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, Quest Diagnostics, and several others. And once you have control of that information, you can begin to do interesting things with it to take better control of your health. You can connect to services that can provide you customized information that's really tailored to the context of your specific health issues. You can share information with the people that care for you so that they can be more on top of what's going on with you and expect more features to come as we move forward and learn what people really need and what people are finding most useful. So these days, as we seek to expand our information boundaries, there's a need or desire to provide greater protection for our own privacy. How does Google protect the privacy of user information, and how does this relate to HIPAA laws? Important question. Privacy is absolutely at the forefront of what we do and what we think about. And really, we follow the principles of transparency and choice. The user decides who, if anyone, has access to their health information in their Google Health account. If they decide to give an organization access, they can revoke that access at any time. Google won't sell anyone's health information, and we won't share it with anyone unless the user specifically asks us to. So when I give access to, say, my hospital, they can look at other kinds of things. How do I ensure that the information that they're getting is accurate if I don't see them accessing it? Sure. So in terms of the accuracy of the information that you might be sharing with the provider, I think there are a couple of important things to keep in mind. First of all, this is a patient-centered product and concept. You're in control. You, the consumer, are in control. If you decide to give your physician or your pharmacist access, you absolutely have the right to do that, and you have the right to revoke it. If I share with my doctor, say, because he works at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, and they've integrated with Google Health, or if in the future I share with him when the next version of Google Health comes out that allows me to share with individuals, including physicians, that physician will see the source of any information I share with him. 
more specifically, if I've entered something myself in the Google user interface, it will say that that, say, medication has been user entered. Whereas if I've imported something from Walgreens, that medication will say that it came from Walgreens. So the source is always clear, both to the user and to anyone he or she decides to share with. How does this relate to some of the HIPAA laws? Are there specific warnings or requirements in order for me to be able to share this with other people? I think one of the most important things to think about in terms of privacy is to keep in mind that the user is in the center. So we are transparent with everything that we do. We're transparent with what the consequences are of sharing. For example, we give the user a very clear information or even warning, if you'd like to say, you're requesting to share your information with Organization X, and you're giving them ongoing access, or you're giving them temporary access, and you're giving them the right to put information into your Google Health account, or you're giving them the right to read information from your Google Health account. So our job, first and foremost, is to make totally clear what the user is doing and make sure that they're doing it actively and deciding to do it in an informed way. You can really think of it as our version of informed consent, to use a sort of a medical term. Now, with respect to HIPAA and related regulation, because we are serving as a proxy for the consumer, we interface with the consumer, HIPAA is not a law that was intended for organizations like Google. Of course, the spirit of HIPAA and what it's intended to do in terms of privacy protections is completely foremost on our mind. And and actually, in some ways, my perspective is that we go further than what HIPAA requires. For example, there are many, many ways in which, as a patient, my information can be shared with others under the rights that I have with HIPAA. We at Google actually won't share your data unless you specifically authorize it in each case. I think that we're much more focused on the core principles and being fierce advocates for the value to the consumer and a clear necessity for the consumers to have their information private. And frankly, Google Health would fail if we didn't do that. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I'm speaking with Dr. Ronnie Zeiger, product manager of Google Health. So you're eventually going to collect massive amounts of patient medical information. Is there a plan ever to allow researchers to collect anonymous data to be able to evaluate the health of the nation or a subcategory of the nation? The possibilities are certainly exciting in terms of what Google Health can contribute to individuals' health and perhaps someday even public health. But to be clear, we're going to go very slowly here. Again, first and foremost, our responsibility is to the user and her privacy. So one of the things that we are willing to do, and we make this very clear in our privacy policy that a user looks at before he or she signs up, is that we are willing to publish aggregate statistics. And those would be statistics that we are certain could not be tied back to any individual. Let me give you an example of one that I could imagine, although I have no idea yet if it will come true, is that let's say that there are a lot of Google Health users in, say, a year's time. And we determine by looking at that data that 10% of Google Health users who have diabetes had a flu shot last year. And in talking to the experts that work with us, including our wonderful Google Health Advisory Council, we get advice that says, you know, that's actually interesting and potentially useful information. You should go ahead and publish that. And we don't know exactly in what form we publish it, but you can imagine, let's just say that we would have on the Google Health homepage, there would be public statistics that we put out there for the research community, for the public, for anyone. So we are willing to release aggregated statistics that can't be tied back to anyone. And if we do so, we'll do so when we think it's useful, meaningful, and we would release it to anyone and everyone. We have no plans of making any 
specific data, certainly any identifiable data available to anyone, uh, including researchers. And if we did do so, that would only be done with individual users' explicit consent. So you just mentioned your science advisory board. Can you tell us a little bit about them? And since this is a patient-oriented service, is there a patient advisory board as well? So Google Health has an advisory council, and we started that council about a year ago. It includes wonderfully bright and thoughtful people. The chairman of the council is Dean Ornish, who you probably know. There's also a blog post that your listeners can access by searching for the Google blog that lists all of the individuals who are currently on the advisory council. And that council really serves to give us guidance both about the healthcare space from the perspective of physicians as well as from the perspective of consumer advocates. So we don't have a separate advisory council that takes one angle or the other. We really want a complete perspective of experts from different walks. And over time, we'll certainly be engaging with with others who can help us with areas that we continue to learn about. So you mentioned earlier about drug interactions. And how does Google get the information? Where does that come from? Who are you partnering with to ensure that that information is both accessible and accurate? So the information that you find in Google Health comes from experts and professionals who we've deemed by doing our own research and asking our advisors that they are providing good quality information. Google clearly is not a healthcare company, and we don't intend to be one. We're not going to be making healthcare decisions nor providing people with medical advice. The drug interaction feature, which you mentioned, is provided by a company called SafeMed. They're a decision support company, and it includes a drug interaction database from First Data Bank, which is a prominent and well-respected company in this area. Does Google offer other services to patients as well as the ability to store their medical information or to get information off the web? So there are a couple of features that are built into Google Health. We talked about the drug interaction feature. There are some health topic pages, which include overviews of common conditions and pointers to relevant Google News articles and research articles from Google Scholar. But I think the most important thing to understand is that Google Health is really a platform for the health services offered by all the experts out there. And what I mean by that is in the same way that the Cleveland Clinic or Walgreens Pharmacy has integrated with Google Health, so can an expert out there, a company that offers something like news customized to your health context. And what that company can do is integrate with Google Health, and Google Health users can then see that company's service in the directory inside of Google Health and they can decide to connect with that service, similar to the way they decided to connect with Walgreens. And once that happens, if the user decides to do so, then that news service can read the list, say, of the user's health conditions and offer them the late-breaking news about treatments most relevant to those conditions. Another example might be an immunization dashboard that can look at my son's health profile and my daughter's health profile, if I give them permission to, see which immunizations they've had, see what their age is, and show me a nice dashboard that shows which CDC-recommended immunizations they've already had and perhaps which ones are due next. The services that I'm describing actually aren't theoretical. These are ones that are already in the services directory that you can look at at Google Health. However, to me, the most exciting thing is not these really neat services and the several other ideas that we've had that we expect are coming in the pipeline, but the ones that we haven't even thought about yet. I expect that the fact that Google Health provides this platform for innovators out there, healthcare experts and clever software developers, provides this platform to offer new ideas for personalized 
health information and services customized to your particular health needs and that we can in turn offer those services to Google Health users is potentially the most powerful thing about Google Health. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Ronnie Zeiger, product manager for Google Health, for giving us a glimpse into the beginning of this healthcare portal. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts, or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-MD-XM-157. And thank you for listening. This is Dr. Richard Salvi, professor at the University of Buffalo, director of the Center for Hearing and Deafness at the University. You are listening to ReachMD-XM-157, the channel for medical professionals.